Hey there, it's Mitch here. And before we get into today's episode, our spring membership drive has officially sprung and we've got one heck of a giveaway. When you make a donation in any amount to Vermont Public by March 16th, you'll be entered to win a new roof valued up to $15,000 thanks to Vermont Construction Company. Your support makes everything we do possible. Make a gift today so we can keep bringing you the trustworthy, reliable news you count on day in and day out. To make your gift, head to vermontpublic.org donate. And thanks. From Vermont Public, this is The Frequency. I'm Mitch Wertlieb. It's Thursday, February 8th, and here are today's headlines. Republican Governor Phil Scott says he supports a plan from Democratic lawmakers that would postpone school budget votes this year in the hopes of reducing education spending. Property tax rates are currently projected to jump by more than 20 percent next year due to unexpectedly high budget proposals from local school districts. House lawmakers are drafting legislation this week they hope will compel school boards to revise budget proposals downward. But it would require a delay in school budget votes, so districts have time to make necessary changes. Scott says it's a worthwhile trade-off. Their approach right now um, to, to, um, to eliminate the 5% cap um, provision and, um, and extending uh, the, the voting on school budgets for a month or whatever period of time it ends up being is the right move. That 5% cap Scott referenced effectively insulates local property taxpayers from the full impacts of local education spending. Lawmakers say eliminating that cap will provide the incentive districts need to reduce education spending. Many Vermonters eligible for a program that covers the costs of health screenings are not signed up. That's because they're not aware it exists, according to program staff. You First is run through the state health department. Vermont residents at least 21 years old who meet the income requirements can qualify. They receive free or low-cost breast and cervical cancer screenings and other health supports. Melissa Doan is a patient navigator with You First. Yesterday on Vermont Edition, she said around 600 Vermonters currently use the program. There's a lot more people in the state of Vermont who are eligible who maybe just don't know about this program. We can help people who have no insurance. Um, Also, people can have insurance. It's really beneficial for people who have high deductible plans and big co-pays and cost shares. Vermonters who make up to roughly $37,000 are eligible, as are families of three with a household income of about $67,000. More income eligibility requirements are listed on the Health Department's website. The opening date for a long-awaited methadone clinic in Bennington remains unclear. Vermont's Deputy Health Commissioner only told VT Digger the facility is expected to open this year. The current treatment provider, Baymark Health Services, has faced delays renegotiating a lease with the owner of the building that will house the clinic, and they've had to wait out an easement-related lawsuit. Baymark is the third provider to take over the project, which has now been in the works for more than five years. Once it opens, state health officials say the facility will act as a hub for opioid use treatment in the area. You aren't mistaken if you thought the sun was a rare sight during the month of January. According to the National Weather Service, this was Burlington's cloudiest January on record since 1951. The average cloud cover was 88%, with zero days categorized as fair. Matthew Clay is a meteorologist with the Weather Service in Burlington, and he says the warmer weather we've been experiencing this winter may have exacerbated the cloud cover because, he says, if you have colder air, you usually have less moisture as well. 
27 of the 31 days we did report precipitation here at the airport. So in order to get precipitation, you have to have clouds. So again, you know, we're looking at, you know, just a, an, an active and warmer period led to just a more cloud cover than we're used to for the month of January. Clay says that typically January is the cloudiest month for the area. If you're looking forward to the least cloudy time of year, you're waiting on late August and early September. Coming up, Vermont has a problem providing enough permanent housing for residents. Even though the state does a good job sheltering the large number of people experiencing homelessness in the state, reporter Carly Berlin explains the odd concurrence and the importance of the point in time count after this. The frequency is supported by MVP Healthcare, offering Medicare Advantage plans made for Vermont and guided by doctors, in partnership with the UVM Health Network. Info at uvmhealthadvantage.com. You may have heard this thing about Vermont. For two years running, we've had the second highest per capita rate of homelessness of any state in the country. What you may not know is that during that same time frame, Vermont has done a better job than any other state of sheltering people. Those two stats come from the same place, the annual point in time count. It's a massive nationwide undertaking to count everyone experiencing homelessness on a single night each January. It can help us understand how homelessness is changing over time. And as Carly Berlin reports, in Vermont, the results of this year's count could look very different. It's a cold gray morning in late January, and a small group of homeless service providers in Bennington are packed in a car together. All right, so where am I going? To the Woodford? Yes. Everyone's got a clipboard holding a stack of surveys with a key question. Where did you stay last Wednesday night? These surveys are for the point-in-time count, a sort of national census of people who are unhoused. People staying in shelters or state-sponsored motel rooms will get tallied, and now this team is trying to find people living outside. Roxanne Corelli, Interim Director of Bennington County Coalition for the Homeless, is leading us toward the town of Woodford to a mountainside pull-off. Where we do know that, especially in the summer and nicer weather, um, that's where a lot of um, our unsheltered, unsheltered individuals camp um, right now sporadic um, whether anyone's up there or not. Service providers like Corelli have been doing this annual count for well over a decade. But over the last few years, the results have really turned heads in Vermont. During the pandemic, the state offered virtually anyone who was homeless a voucher for a motel room to keep the virus from spreading in shelters. This was a big expansion of an existing motel voucher program, and the state could pull it off because the feds were footing the bill. We were able to get a much more accurate census of the population experiencing homelessness. Ann Sassen is a public health researcher at Dartmouth College who studies homelessness. She says people who had been living in precarious situations, doubled up with relatives, couch surfing, living in cars or tents, they were able to come into formal shelter, maybe for the first time. That first count really captured what we always knew was happening just under the surface or out of sight in Vermont. What it showed was a huge spike in the number of people experiencing homelessness. And the reason why, she says, it's partly because so many more people were in shelter and were then a lot easier to track down. The first jump that we saw in homelessness in Vermont reflected to some extent our ability to count better. Since then, though, the number of unhoused people has kept rising, 
And for years, the state kept extending the expanded pandemic-era version of the motel shelter program, keeping all these people inside. That was still the case when the annual count happened last January. But a lot has changed in a year. Nearly 700 households got the boot today. That's because the pandemic-era expansion of the hotel-motel voucher program is ending. Many people who were staying here drove off today, some with nowhere to go. Last summer, after federal money for the pandemic-era version of the program ran out, the state argued it was too expensive to continue, and the motel room evictions began. After that, lawmakers struck a last-minute deal to keep roughly 2,000 more people sheltered till this coming spring. People with disabilities, families, and elderly Vermonters. Barring another extension, those who haven't moved into other shelter or housing will soon lose their rooms, too. Governor Phil Scott said during his State of the State address last month that Vermont needs to focus on lowering barriers for more housing development in order to address homelessness. We can put homeless Vermonters in real homes, not overpriced hotel rooms we can't afford. But what happens until those new homes are built? The state has proposed standing up temporary emergency shelters when the COVID-era motel program ends. But they've admitted they won't have enough beds for everyone in need. And in the meantime, homeless shelters across the state, they're generally full. And motel rooms that people can usually get during the coldest winter months, they're also full. People are getting turned away. All that means the nature of homelessness in Vermont, it's changing right now. It's likely that more people are living without shelter, and that even more people will join them in the coming months. Back in Bennington, we find one person living out of a camper at the mountainside pull-off. Then Corelli points us back into town, to a park by a river. So this is known as People's Park. And... When the motels first stopped, exited everyone this past year. This is where a lot of people came. Soon after that, the town shut down this park, citing health and safety concerns. The closure only lasted a few days, but Corelli says that kind of enforcement, it can make people scatter and hide. We look around and today no one's out. And we never know why. Is it because they're moving around today because the weather's nice? Or have they been pushed along? Unsheltered people are notoriously tricky to count, for a lot of reasons. Like Corelli says, they might not want to be found. But there are also capacity issues. Corelli says they're still building out a full outreach team here in Bennington, and until they do, they're not approaching some of the larger encampments on the edge of town. Bad weather got in the way of their count, too. Over in Brattleboro, two out of three outreach workers had COVID during the count. And all over Vermont, it's harder for outreach workers to get to some of the remote, rural places where unhoused people might be staying. And because it's so much more difficult to count this population, Anne Sausen, the researcher from Dartmouth, says it's hard to anticipate exactly what this year's point-in-time count will show us. But it could impact policymaking decisions, funding priorities— our grasp of the problem. If we begin to lose track of the numbers of people that are experiencing homelessness, that's really going to undermine our efforts to bring to bear solutions at the scale that's needed. We won't get the results from this year's count for a few months. Meanwhile, in Montpelier, the debate over the future of how Vermont shelters the homeless will continue. And all over the state, 
service providers like Corelli are bracing for a lot more people to become unsheltered. If and when that happens, they'll be a lot harder to quantify. For Vermont Public, I'm Carly Berlin. That was Report for America Corps member Carly Berlin. Carly covers housing and infrastructure for VT Digger and Vermont Public. Thanks for listening to The Frequency today. We had additional reporting from Peter Hirschfeld, Michaela LaFrac, Kevin Trevelin, and Zoe McDonald. Our executive producer is Kevin Trevelin, and our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. I'm Mitch Wertlieb. Talk to you tomorrow. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.